Thank you for listening to the following films podcast. Today I'm joined by actor Bernardo Badillo to talk about his latest film, Emily the Criminal. I want to give a big thanks to Bookman's for sponsoring the episode and big thanks to Fort Worth for letting me use the song at the end. Hope you enjoy the show. Thanks. Hi, how's it going? Good, man. How are you doing today? Good, good, good. Thank you so much for taking the time to do this, man. I appreciate it. Of course. Thank you for having me. So how have, uh, how have things been going the last couple of weeks? Pretty exciting with uh, Emily, the criminal getting picked up and yeah, I mean, Sundance has to be a pretty, pretty cool time. right? Yeah. Now. I mean, I, it, I was kind of bummed that we couldn't go to Park City, Utah, because it would have been my first time, of course. But <laughs> the reception has been so overwhelmingly positive that it doesn't even matter that we didn't get to go, you know, to the festival because the fact that it's getting a theatrical release, that it, it was purchased by Roadside Attraction. So I'm like... I'm on cloud nine. You can't get any better than that. You know, so it's been really, really awesome. And it's one of, it's one of those things that um, you just hope that people get a chance to see it. And that's a great company be, to handle this material, this particular film, because it's not something that I think is a cookie cutter, easy to sell film necessarily. I think it's mm-hmm. a, entertaining. It's a lot of fun, but Aubrey Plaza is doing something really out of character here. Um, yeah. And as somebody who used to live in Delaware, real close to Southern New Jersey, um, I really appreciated a lot of what she was doing here. And I yeah. really <laughs> dig this film. So I'm just wondering um, what attracted you to this one? What was your uh, initial? Um, well, to be honest with you, like I just like any other working actor, I got the audition. I read the script. Luckily, they sent me a script because they don't always send you the full script. And uh, I just loved it from the jump. And I got the sides, the audition material, put myself on tape and it just flowed. It was easy for me. You know, some, some roles take a lot more work to inhabit. This one just felt so natural, effortless in a way. Um, <laughs> I, I would assume in a way, because um, I assume you're not the same. But, you know, there are certain scripts where the language just feels mm. easy. It feels simple. And I don't mean that uh, as a negative term. It just feels like just natural conversation where you don't feel like it's overly written. Uh, And that's how it felt. I felt like I could just look at the script and just do it. And and that's what you pray for and you hope for. And and in my experience, when I felt that way, I, I tend to get the role or at least get really close to the role because it just feels part of you or natural. Uh, and that was the case with this with this film. Well, there's certain writing styles that are almost lyrical in a way where they have a rhythm to them that's very specific. Yes. It can be foreign. And it is like picking up an instrument where you have to hit these notes at yeah. specific times or it's just not going to work. Mm-hmm. And if you can do it in your own voice, I think that just lowers uh, a barrier to execution yeah, no, in a way. So yeah. do you enjoy things that have that challenge to it where it is something that is outside of your own voice or do you prefer this kind of work? Yeah, no, I, I've always, I've always, I feel like in my career, I've definitely had to uh, transform in a way and play a lot of characters that are not like me with For accent sure. or, you know, with uh, certain uh, cadences and even also speaking in Spanish. Of course I speak in Spanish, but there are certain rhythms too, even in Spanish that are different than my own because I speak Mexican Spanish, but I've had to play Cuban, a Cuban. So their Spanish yeah. is different. And, you know, so it's a lot about that, that transformation that I love and that you're like, yes, I'm acting, you know, <laughs> but, but as I've gotten older and grown as an actor, I feel that I've gotten closer to being 
myself in a way and, and bringing myself to the table rather than trying to be a character. And I feel like it's, it's been exciting for me to be able to do that. Um, and, and access more of who I am as a person and put no, that, that on screen. That makes know? a lot of sense. Um, and you have such an interesting story because you got close to, and a lot of the stories you hear, it's people that are just literally on their last week, their last day, their last, like, it's over, I'm done. You'd given it up and you were done. And then you were beckoned back into the, into the fold, as it were. Is that, is that a true story? Or? I feel like I've had in, in my career moments and, and years where I didn't work, where mm. it was hard or, or I did something and then I was cut out of it or replaced or, you know, or I didn't, you know, after the pandemic or once the pandemic hit, I didn't work for a year and a half. And then I got a criminal, of course, with the pandemic, you know, it was out of my control, a lot of things in terms of time and, and all of that. And and just re acclimating myself to auditioning in a different way, because now you don't go in the room anymore. Everything is self tapes. So it was, it's definitely been, there have definitely been moments where I definitely, wanted to give up where I didn't want to do it anymore, where I didn't know how I was going to keep going, or I thought maybe I'll just do something else. But deep down inside, I always believed that I could do it. So Mm -hmm. I just had to stick with it. And there were times when my mom was like, do you want to be an actor or you you don't? So you better go in there and do it. And I was like, Oh, okay, fine. I'll go in there and do it. (laughs) And, and I'm glad I did. I mean, I'm, I'm get to work. I'm proud of being an actor and, I've been doing it now for almost 17 years professionally. So, yeah. yeah. And so do you think that when you're doing things on, you know, you're doing it over zoom, you're doing them this way, or you're putting yourself on tape, you're doing these auditions kind of in a way now that is more representative of what it would be like from the audience's perspective to some degree. Um, when you go into a room, you're driving across town, you're waiting in line, you're seeing all these other people you know, when you're just handed some words, it's, it doesn't feel authentic in a way, but it seems like there's different barriers also where you could probably knock out 10 auditions in a day. No problem. Now, if you had the, if you wind them up. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's a gift and a curse because doing your own self tapes, you get to do it as many times as you want. Yeah. Which can also take a long time. If you decide I want to do all these takes you can perfect it. Of course, when you're on set, you don't get that many takes sometimes. So I try as, as I'm doing these self tapes to not do more than four takes. Interesting. Per, per scene. Cause it just gets to be a lot in the beginning. I was doing a lot more takes, but I try now to do no more than four takes. Maybe I'll do a fifth, but I know the reality is that when you get on set, you don't get to do that. The flip side of doing in-person auditions is that you get that kinetic energy of doing it live. And I studied theater for many, many years, and that's where I got my start. So I thrive on doing it in person. I thrive on that kinetic energy, on that feedback. Hmm. Uh, When you're doing a self-tape, a lot of times you don't get feedback. There is no redirection. So when you're in the room, you do get redirection. They will give you adjustments and they know a little bit more about what the director is looking for. So it helps give you that feedback. And uh, if you don't get it, at least hopefully you did a good enough job that they loved you. And in the room, they tell you great job. Awesome. And that they actually send your tape. Whereas 
when you have turned in a tape, if you don't get it, you just don't hear anything about it. So you don't even know if they watched it, right? <laughs> um, so there are positives about doing it in person. There's also negatives. There, vice versa with self tapes. So now I think self tapes are here to stay. So which is why I don't like to do a ton of takes because when in the real world when you're doing it live and and doing it in person, you're actually filming you're not going to get all these opportunities to right. do it over and over again. On top of, sometimes you do have three auditions. I had three auditions last week and I had to knock them out. Bam, 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 bam. So you have to quickly have that turnaround. And now you also have to be your own editor and your own lighting person and make sure that the sound is good. And so it's a skill. at yes, this for sure. Um, mm-hmm. And this is something that's um, I would imagine that those kind of opportunities with a film like this coming out with a John Patton Ford seems like one of those yes. people that they're going to really be paying attention to now that uh, this film is getting that kind of attention and everybody in this film, you've been, like you said, doing it for 17 years, but I think this is something that's going to get you to a different level of recognition that people will start calling based on this and be interested in you specifically from this one. Cause I've seen you in stuff before, but this is, this is something special you've done. Yeah. I, I'm really, really excited. Also, because I've always wanted to do film and I tend to do a lot more television. When you've been doing television, there's a certain rhythm and pattern in terms of the style. Uh, When you have film, the style and and the pattern of acting is different. There is a little bit more breathing room. There's an economy of line. Whereas in, in TV, it's not overly written, but there's just more dialogue. You're trying to move the story along. There's a certain pacing. Mm -hmm. Whereas in film, it's, something that I've always aspired to do. And this is an opportunity for me, at least for people to see that I can do film because I haven't done a lot. I was in Sully, uh, but the role that I had there was a lot smaller than the role that I have here. So I am definitely hoping that this opportunity uh, raises an awareness of who I am and uh, my name as well. And people will start casting me in more films and, and watching and seeing what I could do. So I'm really, really excited about that. And I love the film. Um, I got to see like everybody else for the first time during Sundance virtual premiere and just working with John and Aubrey was an incredible experience because they were so welcoming and open, not just in terms of my acting, but just even ideas and what I had to say about the character or, you know, even improvising, just allowing that the, them to receive and to be receptive to what I had to bring to the table was incredible. And can you talk a little bit about, because there's kind of three things you touched on, the idea of starting in theater, which is an acting style all into itself, which mm-hmm. is something way different. You have one shot at it. Well, you get a lot of shots, but they're over many nights and you can, yeah. so you have to kind of go back to that one place. Okay. At this beat, I was doing this thing. How do I get back to that? Or how do I adjust to that? It's on a much larger arc. And then in television, you're doing things very quickly. You have to make your day and get out. You have a day to make in film, but you're not getting 10 days usually, or yeah. 10 pages in one day in film normally, but that's pretty typical um, in a you know television shoot. And then it's each one of these has their own rhythm to them because it just makes sense in that way. Um, but it feels like they've been building in that right direction because it, it seems like a natural progression to me where if you're moving from television, the economy of how you have to move through things lends itself to independent filmmaking because of the economy of the budget and how much time you have that you, you might take your time in to some degree, but you don't 
have the luxury of 20 takes or anything like that, like a, you know, $90 million movie or whatever. Yeah. So do, yeah. You, do you see that connection as well? Or um, you're talking about in terms of the difference between theater and yeah, film? And all the way kind of theater to television to film it feels like. Yeah, a, I, yeah I, I think in theater, there's a lot more dialogue you have a lot more time to build up to those climactic moments in scenes. And you of course get to rehearse over and over and over with the props, with the practical set. And you get really good at doing that thing and locking it in. Whereas in film or TV, I should say at first, in TV, you're seeing the set and the props and your costume sometimes for the first time that day. So you have to be prepared for anything. I think that also applies to film as well. I think in TV, it's just a little bit faster. Hmm. I would say that. Although in, in the film, Emily, the criminal, we did shoot it in like 20 days. So it was very, very fast. Uh, and in, and Sully, for instance, we did work also very quickly because. Uh, yeah, he always works fast. That's yeah. very fast. Um, but there have been other smaller films that I've done that uh, did take their time and mm -hmm. you have more takes and you have just more downtime and, and breathing room. But for TV, it is very fast. It is very quick. You rehearse and you're on set and they light it and let's go and shoot. And they're getting all the coverage and you'll, the coverage on you may only have three takes uh, and then the star, if you're not the star, might get four or five takes and then you move on to the next scene. So if I were to compare it to film, uh, sorry, the television and film versus theater, there is, I think, as an actor, um, much more time on the actual set to find your bearings, to find what connects you to the material. Whereas in film and TV, you got to come with it already prepared before you even get to set. <laughs> so in the morning, if I were to be on set in a film or, or TV or show, I would prepare all my stuff early in the morning so that when I'm on set, I just do it because there's not, there's no time. Mm -hmm. So I think in, in those terms, you do get, you ha just have to come prepared period and be ready for, and be ready for anything. It makes, it makes perfect sense. Cause the, um, there's kind of a point, I think when you do something enough times, you, it's almost like you have to do it enough times that you know it. And then you have to keep going beyond that till you actually can forget it and be in the moment and experience it. And you're never, it doesn't seem like you, it's really difficult to get to that place in film mm -hmm. because of the limitations of it. And what you end up doing is kind of a magic trick that's, convincing people that you're in that moment without really being in the moment sometimes that you're just going through it. And I'm wondering, I don't know if that's the case though, because I, you watch things and, or listen to things, whatever it is, if you have a performance and you go back and watch it yourself as an audience, we might be projecting something completely different onto your character because of the context of the scene, because of what we are bringing to it from our own personal lives that you don't, you can't. Today's episode of the Following Films Podcast is brought to you by Bookman's. Normally, when I do these spots talking about Bookman's, I'll mention something that I'm going down to, there to purchase, uh, be it a movie 
or a book or even a puzzle or you know houseware of some kind, something like that that I'm looking for. Uh, but today um, went down to Bookman's to trade in a sound bar, a speaker bar. I was sent one to review, and after I spent a couple days using it, um, I already have two sound bars in the house, uh, two speaker bars, and so this is something that I just don't need an extra one, so I'm going to go ahead and return this. Brought it down earlier, was able to get some trade, and now I'll be able to turn this, what would have just been more clutter in my garage, I'm able to turn this into a couple of movies, books, and a puzzle for my wife, something that will actually be used as opposed to just taking up extra space. And that's something that most of us have some clutter in our home, something that um, isn't going to get used again, something that's just taking up space. And why not take in those things that you're not using, trade them in and get something you'll appreciate because there's somebody else that that thing that's junk in your garage, that's something that could be exactly what they're looking for. So yeah, recycle something and get yourself something new at the same time. And as always, Bookman's has your cool covered. Enjoy the rest of the show. Possibly see because you're you can't divorce yourself from the experience of making the thing. Do you are you able to objectively watch stuff? Do you think and and critique a performance? For the most part, I'm my own worst critic. So <laughs> I I'm always like, oh, I could have done that better, or that line could have used a little more work, or you know, because part of film and TV is in the editing. And your performance yeah. in the editor's hands. So you could shoot this brilliant, beautiful scene and you have tears in your eyes. And of course they choose the one where you're not crying. And, and, and it doesn't mean that it's bad. It's just different. Or you think to yourself, Oh, I know I nailed that take. And then of course they don't use that take. <laughs> so, or they favor the other actor and they're the screen is on them while you're talking. So you know, I'm my own worst critic, um, but I will say, at least in Emily the Criminal, I, I watched it and I, I had no notes for myself. It was one of the first times where I said, I don't think I could have done it any different or any better, to yeah. be honest with you. Yeah. I mean, it's a, I, I'm glad you feel that way because it's actually, it's a special little movie. I really dug it. I love, I love the stakes of the film are relatable in a way that most yeah. films like this are not. I think anybody, I'm 45, so anybody that's my age probably racked up a certain amount of student debt at some point in life, and they were buried under it, trying to get out from under it, trying to, and not able to get a good job that was paying that off and making, and it's just, you can see how the entry point made sense to this character and the sort of the breaking bad of it all, if you will, but it's not on that level. It doesn't yeah. get to, you know, Pablo Escobar showing up. The, the stakes are far more manageable. It does escalate, but it escalates to a place that feels like, okay, this could actually happen. Yeah. I mean, I, I know I'm 41 and I trust me, I have a lot in debt because I went to uh, school in New York. And so that was a lot of money coming from LA. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, even to this day, I'm still paying off my loans. Uh, so I, I can understand why someone would uh, get to that point where they say, well, screw it. I'm going to do what I need to do to survive, to make money and to live yeah. because it is hard. It is a struggle, especially now the cost of living in L.A. is high as well, not just in New York. So I totally related. And I like I said, I related to her character, even though, of course, I'm not playing her character. But I but I get it. And that's what I liked about the movie is that it is a thriller 
but it's still grounded in reality. It never goes off the rails to where you're like, that's unbelievable. I don't, yeah. that's, you know, I don't believe it anymore. Well, so. it's, it, it doesn't, I think that you can go to really far out there, weird places, as long as you're not breaking your own rules that you're setting mm-hmm. up. And this film is so grounded in its setup that if it would have gone that far, I feel like it would have been a betrayal of what the, all the groundwork that it laid for itself. Um, and the third act, it does kind of change point of views a little bit. And I actually really dig that about this, that it does start wrapping up this other character into it and become something I wasn't expecting it to. And I think that I like I that. About Theo's, Theo's character. Yeah. 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 And I, yeah. And I well, that's just, what I like about it too. Is that, you know, at first it becomes a story about a woman who isn't dead and mm-hmm. what she has to do, but then you really get the other side of the immigrant story and what sometimes an immigrant has to do in order to survive in order to take care of their family. And so I really loved how they brought in those elements because I'm uh, a, a child of an immigrant. And she, I mean, they came, my family came uh, from Mexico. They had green cards, but yeah. still they had, they came here for a better life and they did what they had to do. Not to that extent, of course, but I love how you getting different perspectives of why people choose their careers and what they choose to do with them. Well, while neither one of these sort of parallel stories were my personal experience, um, I, you know, I live 90 miles from the Mexican border. I live in Tucson, Arizona. Oh, nice. So, so I have been exposed to both of these stories, you know, for decades now. So I'm very, I've seen these people. I know these people mm-hmm. um, to some degree and I, I get that. And I, and even if you don't, I think that it would be that kind of relatability. And again, I don't necessarily care about relatability. I don't need to see myself in a film. I just need to see an, a compelling character. And I think that's really what works here is that this film is populated with absolutely compelling people that it could have any one of these people, it could have gone off and become your film at one point, it could have gone off into any number of directions and I would have been on board for it. Oh, nice. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And that's, and you know, to your point, I think that's what makes this movie interesting and special is because there are a lot of thrillers, but there are a lot of thrillers that focus on these particular stories of either being in debt or trying to survive in these ways. Uh, and that's what I loved about the film, that it's not just a typical by the book, by the numbers thriller. Yeah. Um, and I, com- I completely get, oh, hi, my son just wanted to come over and say hello. Real quick. Hi. <laughs> he said, hi, JJ. Um, so it's the, the nature of uh, the last two and a half years. It's just where we are now. So you have your, you have your, your uh, backdrop behind you. So just that's yeah, this, is my, this is what I usually use when I'm recording myself or filming something for my audition. Do you, super, do you put in backgrounds ever on that? Or do you just do you, for the blue? Uh, is that something for super? No, I mean, just it's, no, yeah, it it's, it's just plain blue for the, okay. for my auditions. Yeah. <laughs> and of course I have my lighting, you know, all that. So very cool. Well, I, I, I just wanted to say congratulations on the film, man. This is something that's really special. I really dug this one and I'm looking forward to whatever you have coming up next. Cause I'm sure that I'm going to be seeing you something and something very soon. Do you have something coming down the pike? Yeah, I have uh, a new show uh, called this fool uh, for Hulu. And okay. it's a comedy based around a comedian named Chris Estrada and his family. Uh, so it's a very predominantly Latino cast. And it stars him as well as uh, Fred Armisen. Oh, who is God, a I love Fred Armisen. 
Yeah, yeah. He was on SNL in Portlandia. He's one of the executive producers. He's also in the show. Uh, Michael Imperioli is also in it. He has a fairly recurring role. Yeah, so it's going to be a really big show. It's really, really funny. I cannot wait for people to see it. I play his cousin of the main of the main character uh-huh. uh, and uh, I, it's really, really funny. So that should be coming out this summer. That, so, that would be a tough one. There's certain people that I feel like if I'm around, if we would have been in college at the same time, I don't get starstruck in that way. But like, if you were in the Sopranos, I would be biting my tongue the whole time to not ask Soprano questions the entire time I'm around somebody. That would be that would be a, a difficult one for me. Well, I was only on set with Michael one day because I shot okay. other days, but he was I was only on set with him one day, and he was super nice. Uh, but you know, you're you're trying to stay focused and you let everyone do their thing. You don't want to like bother them too much. Uh, so I didn't get a chance to take a picture with him, but that's okay. At least I know I'm in the scene with him. So well, that's, that, that's better than whatever camera picture you would have taken. There's an actual professional cinematographer looking down the yeah. barrel, taking the shot. So exactly. that's probably a better picture in the long run anyway. Yeah. Yeah. No, I can't wait to see it. So uh, it's really funny. Look out for that this summer, this full. This full. I will definitely check that out. And <laughs> thank you so much for taking the time to do this today, man. It was really nice to meet you. Nice to meet you too. Thank you so much. And I'm glad you love the film. So, I, Oh yeah. I'm, I've been, I've, anybody that'll listen, I've been yelling about it for the last awesome. uh, two and a half weeks now. So thanks, thank, man. You. thank you. Take care. All right, man. Have a good oh, day. Bye-bye. Bye. bye.